You wear your scars like Sunday best, like a six inch heel in a summer dress, like the beauty of the sun setting or a new day dawning, almost like a flower that's blooming. Look at that handful of tomorrow's knocking, possibilities mapped in the ground that you walk in, your radiance is haunting, there is flawlessness in the parts where your body is curving. Through you we see the glamour in breaking, in weeping until you cleanse, in falling until you dance, in giving yourself a second chance, in sending yourself love letters and then writing back, because that is how a godly woman breaks. You wear your scars like Sunday best. A big shout out to Nolutando Butelezi. What a beautiful intro that is. A spoken word by Nolutando Butelezi. Find her on all social media platforms. Poetry and Current Affairs. That is also the name of her blog. She offers amazing, amazing services. So make sure that you do check her out. Right. So welcome to How I Wear My Scars. Thank you for being here. Thank you for clicking on the link. Thank you for even being willing to find out what we're all about and what our stories are all about. My name is Zintle Kulu and this is my story. The title of it is Many Broken Pieces and it will really take you through how a, a, a brokenness in my life at a very young age led to a lot of other things that further broke me as a, a woman, as a girl and uh, in terms of as far as relationships are concerned. Um, there's a lot to my story and I will maybe tell it in different stories in the series uh, as well as other stories of other women that are still going to come through as well, different things and the whole aim and purpose of it solely is to spread a message of healing and hope and finding beauty and brokenness and to say that if you're going through same or similar thing you are not alone and there is so much hope that lies ahead of what you are going through you don't necessarily have to accept your brokenness as the new you you don't have to accept what you have become as a result of the things and the people that have broken you as the new you you know you have every right to reinvent yourself you have every right to evolve you have every right to become a better version of yourself with the help of the lord so make sure that you stay tuned and subscribe if you're listening from a platform that allows you to do so please do spread the word far and wide on all your social media platforms as well just so um you know we can reach other women as well and they can be encouraged by the platform as well so part of the purpose of my life that god has told me about long long time ago is uh in relation to helping and empowering um, other women as well specifically so over the years it's just becoming clearer and clearer and of course you know i've had to go through my fair share of mistakes and and things still going through all sorts of things and i'm just allowing god to use us as he wills um you know and so we'll just uh, carry out the assignment as he allows us to do it throughout um you know our years so i'm um, glad that i'm going to be sharing this journey together with you hopefully stick around you know to the end of the story and to the other stories that are yet to come as well this is how i wear my scars many broken pieces zintle's story Okay, getting into my story, look, I think I'm going to tell my story in so many parts and you know, there's so much to the things that I've been through to the things that have broken me in my life. But today I think I'll just focus more on um, the relationships part of things. Um, yeah, 
Uh, that's what I'm going to focus more on. So basically, I was born in KZN. My mother was 17 when she had me. She was, came from a very poor family. And when I was six years old, my dad, who was such an amazing man, all the stories I hear about him, I admire him so much. And I wish he would have lived longer to raise me. But my dad was shot and killed when I was six years old. And then by the time I was 16, my mom fell ill as well. And uh, she passed on. So you can imagine, to begin with, by the time I was 16, I was an orphan. And the people that I loved the most or the closest people to me who gave birth to me had already left me. So it left me, I think with a sense of, of not belonging. It left me, even though, let me just say, I've got an amazing, amazing family. My aunt raised me. She's amazing. I love her to death. My sisters are amazing. Everybody around me is amazing, but just the reality of the closest people to you leaving you. I think in hindsight, I realized that it left me feeling a bit rejected. It left me feeling, um, you know, that I was left, you know, by the people I loved who should have stayed. And so, um, I think growing up then all I ever wanted was to belong and have someone of my own, um, that, and it has seen me land in the most toxic of relationships. It's seen me lose more than I sought out to gain in the relationships that I've been in. And it's, it's scarred my body. It's scarred my soul. It's scarred my, my mind over the years. And I think I was so unaware that, you know, me opening myself up, I suppose, to all of these experiences was because I was battling with the fear of loss. I was battling with a void that I wanted to be filled in ways that I don't think, uh, you know, I went about the right way, you know, in ways that I don't think the men that I thought would fill the void, it should have even been their job to do that. So I had things that I should have or could have dealt with, but I was too young. I didn't know better, you know, now looking back and the reason why I'm highlighting all of this and I'm chatting about this is maybe to just help us, um, consider slowing down and revisiting some of the things that have happened in our childhood and that could have contributed majorly to the things that are currently problematic in our lives or the difficulties that we are facing and maybe seeing if we can find ways to actually confront the pains that we faced in our childhood and deal with those right so losing my father at a young age had such a huge impact in my life more than I realized I think for the most part I suffered a lot internally and as a result of that loss all I ever really wanted was someone who would stay or always be with me, always be there for me, always choose me over everybody else, you know? And unlike my dad and my mom, the people that I loved, I wanted somebody who was going to stay forever and not leave me, you know? So you can imagine how clingy I must have been. And it messed me up in a lot of relationships um, that I was going to go on and have growing up. Now, first of all, so I'll just take you some of, you know, the few experiences and relationships that I had. One, I once dated a, the older guy. Let's just call him the older guy. Tall, handsome, hero-like vibes, you know. And in my eyes, I thought, you know, this this guy is amazing. And I think looking back now, the, I think the little girl in me, all I wanted was like my dad out of him, maybe. Like a hero, somebody that would have a bit of control over me, somebody that I would respect, somebody that, you know, would hold me with his gigantic arms or whatever. And uh, luckily for me then, you know, I, I never got to uh, well, God protected me somehow from being sexually active with him because I never would visit him in his flat. I'd always make excuses. Like I always, I, even though like I dated someone who's older, I've always been, because I've always been a Christian. I was raised in a Christian background. I never believed in sex before marriage. So that's one thing that I kept running away from no matter what I was doing. And I think dating an older guy also, you know, left me 
he like I think when somebody's older than you, they take advantage of you emotionally and uh, they, they take advantage of your emotional state and vulnerability as well. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't date people who are older than them, but I think at that stage, I wasn't even mature enough to be able to handle, um, you know, the kind of person that I was dating for my age at that time. So that's the first thing is me trying to find my dad in, in someone who's older. That's what I was looking for. It's not necessarily that... I was really, really attracted to this guy who's older than me and I wanted to be with him for life. That's what I thought at that time. But it was the mistake was I was just looking for my father. And then the second type of guy that I dated once, I remember in varsity, let's call him the sweet guy. <laughs> and this one was unlucky because I tried so hard to control him. So this guy was the sweetest human ever. I didn't even think he'd, he'd want to be with a girl like me came from a well-off family, very raised like in a beautiful, secure structure with a mom and dad who were married forever, etc. Well-mannered, caring, calm, very soft, very gentle. And I was horrible to this guy. I remember with this guy that we spent a lot of time together, etc. And even then I wasn't sexually active with him. We tried, like he was also a Christian boy. And every time he wanted to go like visit his friends for the weekend and stuff like that, because at that time we were living in Rez, I would fight with him like i'd fight with this guy because then i feel like why would you choose to go and spend the weekend with your friends when you could be with me are you do you want to leave me don't you want me do you know and i i look back now and i'm just like but like how crazy was i at that time and then again that is the resurfacing of me being afraid for somebody to leave me you know and and even like the smallest thing of somebody wanting to go visit their friends suddenly i feel like he's rejecting me he doesn't want to be with me etc and yet he would spend time like we'd spend days 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 together every day we'd see each other you know on campus but again, you know, that was that coming up and I didn't realize it at that time. And you can imagine that if somebody then tries to defend themselves and try to point out to you, but you're being possessive, you've been controlling, you're being insecure, etc. I, I wasn't not going to have any of it. And I never for a minute would stop and think, but Zintle, where does this come from? And why are you treating this guy like this? I mean, I the way that I was so addicted to wanting somebody, wanting me and choosing me and, you know, obsessing over me. I would break up with this guy for no reason at all. I would break up with him even if I know I didn't mean it. Just so he could sit at my door begging and lock him out. And he would sit and beg me and, and cry over me. I just enjoyed seeing that because I think for the longest time, I never really felt, you know, that kind of love that would do anything for me. That kind of love because I lost it at such an early age. You know what I mean? So I went about looking for it in the wrong places and in the wrong way. People that were never going to be able to fill that void. And it was just toxic. I really was toxic for him. And even when I broke up with him, it was during December holidays. I was home in KZN and he was busy. He had gotten a part-time job. So just because he couldn't give me attention like the way that he used to, because it was working, obviously, then I decided to break it off with him for good. Like, because then, you know, all I really wanted was for him to, to beg me, to want me, to make me feel needed and loved, which was insane. And then I met 
then there's the guy that we can call him Mr. Too Good to be True, right? Or <laughs> the relationship was at least maybe, I don't know. So I met this guy, great guy, still friends. You know, he's a nice, nice person generally. I think the one thing that I admire by about him all the time is that he had a good heart. Like he's a kind person, regardless of what I did to him and how things turned out. He's still a good guy. Like we still talk casually here and there, you know, nothing, no strings attached and stuff like that. He's a good guy. And we were best friends. We really liked each other. We spent a lot of time together. And I think this time around, I also had more liberty to just be me, to just be myself around him. And because we had such a good friendship, we were friends before we even started dating. And, and that's the, one of the things that I truly firmly believe in for any relationship is to have a friendship. I think for me, that's the greatest foundation ever. And so, um, you know, he was good. He was into me. He had, we had a good thing going and I almost, I think then the toxic nature comes up again in that now that it's so now that, you know, we have a good thing. I think I almost couldn't believe that it was real because deep down there, it comes again. There's a sense of, um, a fear to say, I mean, no man, this can't be real. I'm not somebody that has people that, you know, I can have to stay, you know, they can't, you know, like I'm not used to this. So what, what do you want really? And so I would always, always now and again, corner this guy to telling me all the bad things about myself. Like I'd force him to say, what don't you like about me? What is bad about? And he's like, but I love you. I love everything about you. I like your personality. I like your, you know, your appearance. I love every, and I'm just like, no, 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 no. I'd force him to criticize me basically. And the poor guy had to struggle, you know, his mind and think, okay, what must I say now? Okay. Yeah. Sometimes you are a bit, uh, I don't know. You get a bit angry or whatever, uh, you know, etc. And, and stuff like that, or moody at the time and all of those things. And then, do you know, and once he did that, he would talk, tell me these things and I'd use it against him in future. Now, how do you trust him to ever tell me again, even if I was doing something genuinely that he didn't like, I think it would be difficult for him to tell me because I would use it against him again in future. So I think, it, 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 I don't think it was so much that I wanted you know, to improve as a person when I asked him what was wrong with me, but that I never could believe that anyone could love me, choose me and want to stay with me for me because the people that I love left me and I was not worthy of, you know, just having my own. And that's how I felt. Like, I, I think I always felt, Uti, even though I wanted this, but I didn't feel worthy of it because it was taken from me at such a young age as well. So, you know, that's another toxic trait that I had or a sign of brokenness that kept coming up uh, basically in some of my relationships. And then there was the worst relationship I've been in in my life. Now, let's. this is the one that sort of led me to a place of confronting my brokenness, of confronting the hurt that I've been through, of confronting the things that I didn't even imagine were shaping who I was becoming and shaping my relationships and shaping how I related to men and shaping what I was seeking after in these relationships, a thing that never anyway was going to be filled by any man, no matter how much he loved me and shaping, you know, that never being satisfied because nothing was good enough for me. Uh, if it either wasn't good enough or it was too good to be true. Like if you didn't every day sort of like fall head over heels and bend over backwards just to prove how much you love me. I think I also had that princess mentality to say, because my dad wasn't there to raise me as his princess, then I wanted a man who was going to daily sing my praises, daily tell me how much he loves me, daily just, you know, surprise me every day and, uh, you know, and... Uh, 
all of that and just be all mushy over me. Otherwise, then it was never good enough. And when he did try to do that, then it was too good to be true. So I was really in a confused state. And so this one, let's call it the toxic sexual relationship, the toxic, toxic sexual relationship. And, you know, for the most part of my life, I think I really didn't believe in sex before marriage. Like I said earlier on, every guy I dated before that, you know, would tell you, Hori, I, I, I really found it difficult. It was like a difficult, not an easy thing for me to get intimate in that level with anyone. It's like, yeah, it took a lot out of me. It's not something that I didn't believe it. Even when I did it, it's, uh, I, I didn't, it wasn't like something out of the willingness of my heart as such. Um, but you do things and you end up getting used to it and then you don't feel bad about it anymore and you enjoy it, etc. But it's not something that I firmly, you know, would have chosen for myself if I had, I could do things differently and even at this point in my life. So the first time I actually did have a sexual relationship was when I was, okay, was before this. When I was 21, I dated some guy. He was also a bit older than me. And let me just say, like, that relationship was rather awkward. I think I tried very hard to do everything to please that guy, even if I was not being myself anymore. Because, you know, when somebody's more experienced in relationships and you don't really know what they want from you, you try to be certain things that you think it's what they want. And those things are not even who you are. And maybe those things are not even what he is looking for anyway. So with that particular relationship, um, now this particular one that I'm talking about, the toxic one, I think was the most toxic I've ever been in. And as a person, um, as a person generally, I have a very low t tolerance of bad behavior, of rubbish, of unfairness, of injustice, etc. So I, when, when things aren't fair or when I feel like, okay, when are you messing with me? I'm, I'm that kind of person that can easily walk away. Like, like I'm telling you with the previous guys, when I really make up my mind to say it's over and even shame for others, like for some invalid reasons, honestly, when I, but when I decided that I'm walking away, I've always been in control of my feelings. I've always wanted to be in control. And you know, uh, when I decide it's over, it's over. I'm that kind of girl. Like I, if I see Huri, I, I don't like this. I can't stand for it. I don't like, you know, I, I just want the truth and I just want black or white. Basically, that's sort of my personality. I always found it easy to just walk away. And when I do, I could walk away for good when I've made up my mind. But with this one, I think it, it was hard because this time around for about two years of my life, I was all we did in this relationship was break up to make up. This is literally all we did. It was the worst thing that I've ever done. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes it cost me a lot. It cost me a lot of things. It, I think this is when I probably made the biggest mistakes I've ever made as a woman, as a person, as a, a girl in jail. And, and, and it maybe taught me the biggest lessons in my life. And I think in as much as it was the worst experience, it was the best in the sense that it, it, it contributed that much more into shaping me, into molding me, into building me, into me confronting myself and looking myself in the mirror and dealing with myself. So uh, a lot was wrong with this relationship. It, it, a lot was just sick about it, um, you know, uh, and it was abusive as well in so many ways. And, and, and at the same time, I don't know, like there was obsession with each other as well but i think it because it was because of the sexual part of it so so much of, of of it was like i said breaking up and then having good sex about it basically that's what we did in the relationship and i think um, that's actually like the summary 
break up, have sex, break up, have sex, make up. That was it. And and looking back, it highlights to me sometimes the danger and power of sexual connections and the ties that come with it as well. And I think sometimes as, as women, th- this is sometimes a part that we are not willing to confront or face Um you know, with ourselves and with the decisions that we make, etc. But anyway, we'll get into that maybe in another story um, that we'll do. And so this guy, like, literally would come and drive to my place in the middle of the night if I ever broke up with him. I've been stuck on the freeway at, like, 2 a.m. because I would drive to the other side of town to see him and maybe we'd fight and then I'd drive back to my place, like early hours of the morning. I remember climbing fences. I remember chasing after his car as he drove away. I remember stalking his life on social media. I had his Facebook password. I was like the detective. And he also, you know, once almost killed me in his car. He, he did crazy things as well, you know. And I think what that relationship did, it almost turned me into a psychopath. A psychopath. Um, yet, you know, all along I knew I knew that we were not even supposed to be together. I think both of us knew that this relationship is not even supposed to be. But somehow, again, because of that sexual bond and tie, uh, we kept going back to each other. And, I mean, that guy lied. Like, I've never dated anybody who can lie as good as him, who can manipulate as good as him, who... He controlled me a lot. He controlled me a lot physically. And I think slowly, slowly, he tamed that woman who was in control, that woman who knew her story, that woman who was intolerant, that woman who, um, you know, uh, couldn't be controlled by a man and stuff like that. So he tamed all of that in me. And, 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 and at the same time, you know, he also, like, wanted me all to himself, which was also, like, crazy. Well in the ways in which he went about it. And he, like I said, he almost killed me two times in his car, a few times, not two times. When I'd break up with him, he'd do the craziest things. He'd cry, draw on the floor. He'd do like mad, mad, mad things. And and looking now, like back now, I realize how I lost myself to that relationship. And it was probably the one that drove me to breaking point. And I didn't even know um, how much work lied ahead of me f- to actually pick up the pieces. And after we eventually broke up for good, that's when I told myself that I'm going to sit. I'm done with relationships. I'm done with men. I'm just going to sit and wait on God and fix my life, fix myself. And, you know, uh, 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 leave some of the things that I was doing behind and maybe like start a new chapter of my life and clean up my, my life again and stuff like that. And come back to the Zinkler that I used to know that I used to love the happy girl, the girl who was, you know, I don't know. And actually even the things that I didn't realize were an issue, start dealing with those kind of things, um, with myself again. So I, 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 yeah, I, I took some time out and I thought, I'm just going to pray. And uh, it really drove me to my knees, literally. I had no choice and I was never going to survive if I, I didn't sort of go back to God and recommit my life and, and, and try to start all over again. Now, it is so hard, especially when things happen like this in front of people around you and there's an audience and there's people watching. How do you even begin to pick up the pieces? How do you move on? People are talking every day. You know that they're talking. You know that they're pointing at you. You know that they know what you've done. They know your story. They know what's been going on. And it was very hard. And and I just want to highlight, especially to, to people who um, are afraid of 
breaking away from certain things because they know that people will talk about them or that everybody knows their story or that they've been broken in front of an audience of people. And now you sometimes just sit in the mess rather and become, you know, you're afraid to rebuild yourself again. You're afraid to rebuild your integrity again. You're afraid to come back to who you are in front of the people because now this is what they've come to know you as. Like you can actually stand up, dust yourself off in front of them, move on with your life again give yourself that second chance to live and be everything that you've always wanted to be and don't allow them to define you or to confine you and don't allow the mistakes and the bad relationships as well to keep you in that space where you know that there is so much more to you than what you have become as a result of the mistakes that you've made as a result of the bad decisions as the result of the wrong people that you've chosen along along the way you know uh, and, and 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 i think then I met, um, again, like now this is the final one. Let's call him the fi- the last one. I, I don't know what to call him. Then <laughs> it's somebody that I knew from a distance, you know, long story short, I think he, at, a, at that time I was just a vulnerable person. I was not sober in my decision makings because, you know, I don't know. I was just like in between things, the brokenness and the healing. And I was just a mess. And I think all I really wanted at that point was to make right with God. And I think sometimes, um, then in, in those moments we lay ourselves aside trying so much to fix, you know, um, everything, the mess that we have created for ourselves and to restore ourselves and our lives and to give ourselves that chance again. But we try so much that we lay ourselves aside and we try maybe too quickly to try and, you know, resolve everything that we've done. And I think, um, one of the things that to highlight here, especially for single women is that, I mean, if you've been, you're in waiting, remember that even if you are waiting for a partner and you've been waiting for long or for shorter, whatever period of time, you have to remember that, no matter who chooses you in that period, no matter the guy that comes and says, okay, I want to be with you, I want to marry you, do remember that you still retain the power to choose who you also want to be. So you don't necessarily have to agree to somebody because they're the ones that are choosing you in this period of your life and you're afraid that what if it's the last person that's going to choose you with all the madness that you've been through? What if this is the only guy that might ever love you because look at you with all of your scars, look at you with all of your mess, look at you with all your baggage, look at you with all your mistakes. What if it's the only one? And even if your heart is not necessarily choosing that person as well, you will you know, end up going for it because you're thinking "Ah, maybe nobody will ever love me again type of thing, but you still have the right to choose. And that is why I think even now I've, I've sort of like, even though it's difficult, sometimes like you, you get, um, tempted to know, you try and knock back on old doors or you get tempted to, uh, you know, say yes, even if you know that this is not really what you want because you've been single for so long, etc. But I think it's so important that if you have waited, then you might as well wait and and settle for what it is that you really feel you want and you deserve regardless of you know what you've done so regardless of who chooses you, you also still have the right to choose. So don't just say yes, because you're in that space and you're afraid nobody might ever choose you again. So don't settle for the next guy that proposes love or marriage just because they, you think they'll be the last one basically to knock up your door uh, because there aren't any good men left or there aren't any faithful men anymore, or nobody wants a girl that's been through life and has done this and that looks like you now and is all scarred and stuff like that. So I think, you know, um, long story short about that, it ended in a marriage that also ended and resulted in now really in a time God um, taking me through a place where I think I should have gone through 
a long time ago where I should have actually just um, try to deal with myself on my own in a sense or alone or not put the weight of healing me on another man's shoulders, not put the weight of, 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 of mending my brokenness on a man anymore, but on God rather, and just being able to, for a change, look in the mirror. Because sometimes I think we, we get into these relationships as an escape because we don't want to sit and actually face our demons. You know, um, all of these men that I've been with probably, you know, all I was doing like I said, is I wanted to belong. I wanted to fit into somebody's life who would choose me, etc. But had I even chosen myself? I hadn't. I neglected myself. Did I, you know, uh, I rejected myself, um, you know, and wanted in wanting to be chosen, in wanting, you know, I never took time out to sit with Zintle and listen to what is Zintle going through? What are the problems in Zintle's heart? What are the hurts that she's been keeping inside of her? What is she looking for? What is she missing? What are the gaps and how do we fill that? How do I first receive Zintle with her weaknesses and her brokenness and work with her and love her first before I expose her to these people that, you know, um, that, I don't know, she was going to want to fill the void in her heart. And I think that's, you know, now that I've been through that phase of saying, okay, deal with all of these things, deal with yourself, see if you can live with yourself, see if you can love yourself, see if you can um, mend so that you can stop um, looking for healing from all these people who actually probably don't even have the capacity. And I think it's only fair. And I know that we will never reach a point. I mean, I'm far from it uh, where you are now perfect and you are at peace with everything and you, you, you know, have no toxic traits anymore and no insecurities and you're just this person. But I think I am so much much more mature than what I used to be, even though I'm not yet maybe who I want to be. But I think then I'd be so much more sober now getting into a relationship so much more safer. Um, I'd, I'd probably trust myself a little bit more in the decisions that I'd make in me, you know, sticking to the boundaries that I believe in, in me, um, you know, uh, being kinder to the next person, because that's another thing. I think I was very, very harsh, very harsh, um, to a lot of the guys who were nice to me because I always wanted to hurt you before you'd hurt me. I was very, very harsh at times, if I'm honest. And I apologize, guys. <laughs> Shout out to you. Sorry. Sorry. Um, you know, very mean because I always had that thing to to hurt people before they hurt me. And if somebody did anything wrong, I felt it to the core. And I didn't give people room to make mistakes sometimes, um, you know. And, and, and all of that just shows how broken I was to want to hurt people more before they could hurt me, to want to break them, to just want to see a man crying over me over and over again, to, you know, want all of those things. It shows how broken I was. So, um, you know, and I think essentially with, with all of this, what I'm saying is that maybe if you are at a point where you realize you're looking back and you're seeing all of these things and you're not finding a place of, of peace with yourself, you're not finding anything that is filling the void that you have, you're not finding what you think you're looking for and maybe you are going about it the wrong way. Maybe this is the time for you to sit a little bit and have a bit of a, a conversation with yourself or take yourself through a journey with God, obviously, of just surrendering 
your entire existence to the Lord and see how he can mend all of that. And I think it's also in, in, in really picking up the pieces and getting to a point where you actually do believe that there is more that lies ahead of you than what has happened to you and that you can never run so far off that you can't come back to your senses again, that you can't become better than what, you know, because honestly, if I think about it now, I might think before all of these experiences, I was cool. I wasn't, I wasn't okay. You know, uh, I went in it broken. It broke, all broke me all the more. And now after all of that is when then I, I sort of have been trying to pick up the pieces of myself. And I think I'm in so much of a better space than I've ever been, you know, my entire life. Now I, I, I never imagined as somebody who always wanted to belong sort of as somebody who always wanted someone next to her as somebody who was afraid of being rejected as somebody who was afraid of being alone afraid of being left um i've had to spend years now being alone i've had to spend years and actually face not having someone i've actually you know and still feeling like i belong just with i don't know god being there for me and my family and my kids and people that actually do love me without wanting that from a man. And, you know, now I can trust myself better, I suppose, if I could sit this long and, and just be sane and be okay. And, you know, it goes to show that sometimes the things that we are looking for in the world and out of other people, um, we have right here. But uh, I think because it is too difficult to work to do, it's not easy. It's not the easiest route. It's not the best one. And sometimes it's the most painful one because there's so many nights I've had to cry myself to sleep. There's so many nights I've sat and regretted the decisions that I've made in my life. There's so many nights where I've, I've had to, you know, be the odd one out. There's so many nights where all of my friends are happy in their relationships and I'm just that one that doesn't have someone. There's so many days where, and years and years, do you know what I mean? And, and it's, it's difficult, but I think it brings, it, it, Sometimes it's the hard route that we have to go through to come back to a place of safety, a place of peace, a place of contentment, a place of happiness, and maybe a place especially that makes us safe enough for somebody to come and love us without us being toxic to them or us inviting or accepting toxic relationships again or people into our lives, you know, so, um, I think I've just been forced to try and understand that I can't go looking for a man to fill the void of my father and my mother in my life, that it's okay sometimes to be alone, that it's necessary sometimes. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily mean that I've been rejected just because I'm alone and I'm single for so long. It's also taught me how to be faithful to God and not, not even from a place of guilt or anything like that, but it's allowed me to completely be able to give my life and heart to him in a way that I've always desired to do without a man convincing me otherwise and you know for the fear of losing a man then i end up compromising how i was availing myself to god um for him to use my life in whichever way that he wanted and i don't necessarily think you know god loves me more when or god loves us more when we are not doing certain things and we are living a certain life etc he loves us regardless but i just needed to make right with me and do what makes me happy and and part of it is having the freedom to be at peace and not have the pressure to please anyone by giving, you know, my body and my heart to anyone that isn't really my desire and will to begin with. All right. So that's my story in a nutshell. And if you, you know, listen to, well, you have listened to it if you're at this point, it just speaks to that sometimes I think let it be okay for us to try and confront 
the things that broke us to begin with. And before we have to make all of these mistakes and before we have to, um, you know, go through all these toxic relationships, before you even put yourself in that position, if you can now deal with those things, deal with them. If it means going back to your mother and having certain conversations, if it means, you know, going back to that man that molested you or going back and telling somebody things that you haven't spoken about before or going and seeking professional help, praying about it, etc., it doesn't help us ignoring our brokenness because it breaks us all the more. So confronting it and um, being okay with doing the hard work is also a very, very important part of us healing. And I think also just taking the time to heal. And I think as well, um, my story also speaks to saying that having the courage to rise after all the mess you know, that you've created for yourself and for your life, all the mistakes that you've made, um, rising up, even if, you know, it, it, it's scary to say people, certain people know me this way. They know this about me. Now they're going to think, who does she think she is telling us A, B, C, D, E, Y, she, oh, she's not doing, oh, yeah, now the same one. Do you know what I mean? Because I think sometimes people, you know, will hold you to whatever season in your life if they want to. But I think free yourself from that as well. And don't cheat yourself of living the beauty, the beautiful life and finding the beauty in you because you're so focused in your brokenness and your scars. And, and I like it because it's not to say, I mean, there's nothing that I can do with my experiences. I can't unhave them. I can't remove the scars that I have in my body. I can't remove the scars I have in my mind. I can't remove the scars and the evidence of the scars that I have. And the best that I can do is take them in my stride and wear them in a beautiful way and let them contribute positively into who I am becoming as a person and who I'm going to be, you know, tomorrow. So I hope that it's, you've been encouraged and thank you so much for, for listening to my story. I hope it makes sense. I hope it's necessary. I hope, um, it wasn't just just a long 30 minutes of nothing <laughs> and uh, make sure that you stay tuned for more stories to come from other ladies and uh essentially i think uh, all we want is for you to be able to be encouraged whatever position you find yourself in your life right now and just to know that there is a possibility of healing there's a possibility of hope and just because you have become a certain way because of your brokenness and your hurt and your pain doesn't mean you have to stay that way and don't embrace everything that you are becoming. I mean, I embraced being a stubborn person. I embraced being somebody that wanted to hurt you before you hurt me because I was so afraid of being broken and hurt again. I embraced, you know, being, I don't know, a lot of things that I don't think that I thought were okay and right at the time, but they weren't. It was just a result of my brokenness. And, you know, you have to be okay with letting your guard down and, 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 and changing sometimes your, your heart, your behavior, the way that you think and recommitting yourself to a new you that you're becoming, uh, by the grace of God. So I hope that you've been blessed and we'll see you on the next episode. My name is Zintle Kulu, and this is how I wear my scars.